Sorry, can't say. What's that word you use? Spoilers. I like that word. Hello and welcome to Spoiler Nation, the podcast where we have spoiler-filled discussions on your favorite and sometimes not so favorite movies and TV shows. This is our first episode of 2018, and、uh, we've decided to make it an Oscar special. I guess we'll be talking about、um, Oscar nominations, what our thoughts are on who should win and who will win. I guess, and joining me, of course, as always, <laughs> the supporting actor. To my life, <laughs> Reese. How's it going? I'm the Richard Jenkins to your fish monster. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what's up, everybody? We're talking about the Oscars and Lady Bird, right? Yes. Before we get to the Oscars,、um, we'll give you a brief,、uh, spoiler-free review of Lady Bird,、uh, which、uh, we've just come from.、We've、yeah. Just went to the screening of that. Um, finally, crossing off one of the final Best Picture nominees that I've yet to watch, and to be honest, the one that I was most excited to see. Greta Gerwig. As we speak, I'm wearing a T-shirt that says Greta Gerwig. It's as minimalist so... as you think it is. It's a pretty cool shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's very literal. I have a white shirt. That's yeah, it, it's、that. like the opening title card in like a Noah Baumbach movie or a, a Greta、uh, Gerwig yeah, movie.、Exactly. It's the same font. It's a nice one. <laughs> so you know,、um, take my love for this film with a grain of salt. <laughs> But everyone is saying it's really good. Yeah, I mean, you can't not have that in your head when you're going into this movie, right? Like、yeah. how well reviewed it is, how everyone was falling over it and stuff like that. Yeah. So what were your initial thoughts when it was like over? Okay. Like, first so things you were thinking. Yeah. Let's. Like talk br- briefly about what it is. I guess <laughs> okay. We'll go through what later for, for the、uh, unaware. It's essentially like a coming of age movie、uh, set in two thousand and two, and it centers on this seventeen year old girl, and she goes to like a Catholic school. Yeah, and you know she's getting ready to like go to college, and much of it centers on her relationship with her mother. Yeah, and, and how yeah, it's a coming of age movie. Yeah, know, about this spunky teenage girl,、uh, played by. Cersei Ronan, yeah,、um, you know of Lovely Bones, Atonement, Hana、yeah. fame. It also marks the directorial debut of indie queen, <laughs>、um, and and queen of my heart, Greta Gerwig, <laughs> who has been a key collaborator with、uh, Noah Baumbach. Yeah,、um, you know she was in Frances Ha. She was also in Greenberg, another another Noah Baumbach, Mistress America,、venture. Mistress America, yeah. And a few other, you know, mumblecore movies back in the day with like Joe Swanberg. Yeah. So yeah, this was a highly anticipated、uh, directorial debut, I guess.、Mm-hmm. I fucking loved it. I mean, usually after I come out of a movie, I need some time to sort of gather my thoughts. Yeah.、It. I'll get onto it a bit later, but I felt like that with Fan- with Phantom Thread. But this, I was kind of going on a roller coaster while I was watching it because you walk into this movie and you know what people are saying, so you already have those expectations in your head、yes. about what you're going to be feeling and like what the movie is advertising itself as, which is sort of like a slice of life drama. And the first fifteen or ten minutes, I was like, I don't know if I'm jiving with this exactly. Like, it felt like it was kind of okay. I did, I didn't really just didn't really grab me. But as it was going along, I just really found myself. Caring about all the characters, yeah, and I was surprised at the depth of this movie and how gentle it was, and like, yeah, the depth of its feeling is really more than what 
you could read from like a plot synopsis because the plot synopsis it's it's like it would be very standard if yeah it's you got very, a summary because yeah. it's not about it's like call me by your name and that it's not what it's about but it's like the feeling of going through this journey with a young person yeah exactly it's really a slice of life movie in a yeah. way it's watching this person going through life it's a distinctly not showy movie it's not which is you know why i'm glad it's in getting that oscar love because it is incredibly subtle yes and usually they don't reward subtlety like yeah. the oscars it's usually like the biggest the most acting the most movie kind of yeah. thing but um i yeah i got really emotional watching it i loved it and i'll definitely watch it again uh it was fantastic i can't think of a single flaw really like nothing for me to really latch onto and be like i didn't really care for that that much even though i wasn't initially on board with it you know uh, you could tell, like, oh, that was like necessary setup. That's neat. That's needed. It was, inc- yeah, it was necessary setup because the impact wouldn't be felt later if, you know, they didn't. They did set up the characters well at the start. That yeah. wasn't my problem. My problem was I don't know if I'll care about this. Yeah, which is sort of, I guess, an objective, the most sub- subjective <laughs> kind of, I mean, subjective feeling you can have. Maybe it's every kind of beginning of the movie where you're not sure where it's, where it's going. Yeah, and then there's a point where you're like, oh, this is what the movie is about. Yeah, where you realize, oh, okay, this is what we're following. Yeah, and then you're on board because you yeah. know it's like it's like you're waiting for the actual introduction to the story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I did think the the car introduction with her mother and her... Yeah, fantastic. It, it was good, but um, I was just kind of like thinking, is, is there going to just be all this fucking bickering the whole time? Right. And there is like bickering through the movie, but the beauty of the movie is you understand completely where they're both coming from as the exactly. movie goes on. And it finds little grey areas which I think everyone can relate to who's ever had a parent. Yeah. At least in some point you can find something to identify with. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's one of those beautiful movies like Moonlight last year where it's obviously incredibly specific. Like, it's made by this author who has a point of view of the world and they've funneled it into this movie. But I think anyone can find something to be moved by in it Definitely. almost anyone like obviously not everybody yeah but you know but there's um it's the kind of thing that you know people say about storytelling where you can find the universal in the specific yeah in the specific and i, I that's what uh, you know greta gerwig did you know she comes from the perspective of growing up in sacramento yes as a yeah a young a teenage girl mm-hmm. and that perspective really shines through and within that specificity you're like Oh, I can relate to this. Yeah. I can relate to this in this relationship. Yeah. You know, I think um, the beginning of the movie reminds me of the beginning of the social network in a way where like the way they talk, the way they argue, they they frame that, you know, it's all it's almost an innocuous scene where it's just them arguing, but it sets the tone of the movie like, oh, expect characters who will bicker but you'll know that they have uh, a strong perspective and you understand why they say the things they say yeah and not just you know wonder oh this came out of the blue that was weird it is it's overall it's just like a wonderful movie about people who love very imperfectly yeah Uh, yes and um what what kind of like uh sort of sums up the movie for me is halfway through sort of roughly the nun is talking to ladybird or christina that's her real name yeah and Christina wrote, like, an essay about Sacramento. Yes. And the nun says, you know, there's a lot of love for Sacramento in this. And she wants to get away from, yeah, like, her hometown, yeah. obviously. And That's throughout the and, movie. Yeah, she's, like, startled by that. She's like, what? And she's like, well, you've paid a lot of attention, so that's, like, a kind of love. 
And that's what I feel like this movie is. Yeah. Like, there's so much attention to detail in it. Even yeah. just the period-specific clothing and the music and all that kind of stuff. Just sort of the background noise of what was going on in the world at the time. You know, they reference the War on Terror, but it's not, like, part of the plot. But it's, like, yeah. sort of the dressing to the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, hey, you, we're in 2002. Yeah. Like, she doesn't automatically have a cell phone. Yeah, yeah. That's another <laughs> wonderful thing. Yeah. But besides from that, I don't think this the movie feels dated in any way, aside from the fact that it is set in 2002. Yeah. I didn't, you know, it didn't go hard on that. Yeah. Time period. It was it was really confident in the story it was telling. It didn't yeah. feel the need to sort of be like some kind of nostalgia vehicle or exactly. anything like that. Yeah, it was supremely a supremely confident debut. Definitely for a di- directorial debut. Yeah, you feel like you're in the hands of someone who has like a strong grasp of how to tell their story. Yeah, it never veered. It was obviously an emotional movie, but it never like veered into melodrama it didn't yeah it didn't at all yeah but it was never like underplayed either yeah it it struck this like very impressive balance yeah it's when the emotional moments come you understand where it's coming from and you know it's organic to the character but they never overplay it to the fact that you know music swells and they're like hey cry at this you're just it's never manipulative exactly and but you feel sympathy for these characters yeah you know and a lot of times the emotional moments or like the sad moments come it's like of their character's own volition, you know, like it's their inability to go past their own ego. Yeah. And it's their action that stops them from, you know, getting what they want. Mm-hmm. And that's the tragedy there. It's not like something that happened to them. Yeah. It's like the choices that they make and the choices that they decide to s- stick with. Yeah. And it's a tragedy because they, you can feel, even though it's a choice, because it's tied to their ego a lot, yeah. it's, they, they are trapped in that decision. They yeah. actually can't make any other decision. Uh, Laurie Metcalf? Met, what's her name? Metcalf or something. Metcalf? Like, yeah. She embodies that so well as, you know, Cersei Ronan's mother. She's like the perfect visage of a stressed working class yes. mom. Yes, yeah. Uh, she played that, like, to a T. Like, just how she's, like, kind of waspish and snaps at her daughter a lot. Yeah. And sometimes it is, like, very cruel. It is, yeah. And that, like, they're both sort of kind of feeding it, though, at the same time. Yeah. And there's just... You brought brought a good point about just the way that we love things imperfectly. Because the whole movie, they're bickering, right? This mother and daughter... They're, they're arguing all the time, and sometimes it's quite venomous, I would yeah. say, but also in a loving way. So then when they're not fighting, or like you get a sense that, you know, even if the characters separate down the road, you know, if they do, um, what they'll miss about their relationship, the fighting is part of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they'll. I feel like these characters will look back on their fighting fondly, because yeah. that's what makes their like it, it is their own ways of showing their love for each other yeah but you know it is destructive but yeah it's i love that kind of dynamic that this movie plays with with where it's not necessarily when you're fighting it's not necessarily because of you know you're trying to hurt each other yeah it's yeah it's this weird gray area that's really interesting and that like it's sort of that there's added texture with the dad who's sort of the glue of the family yeah. in a weird way. Yes, but like everyone, the behind-the-scenes guy. He's a behind-the-scenes guy who nobody really 
appreciates yeah. that they should as much, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he added, like, a very interesting dimension to it, too. Yeah. And, like, every everybody in it, like, from her two boyfriends, where she got different things out of, yeah. like, her first loves and what, what that revealed about herself, like, who she should appreciate and how she's going to deal with, like, her hurt feelings... It's like you're watching someone like grow throughout the movie. It's like very subtle Literally, yeah. characters. You're really watching them grow. So if you look at the first scene to the very last scene, there's like clear like growth. Yes. Like it's not just like a meandering sort of movie. Yeah, there's you could see that the movie was going towards a direction. Yeah. And not in a predictable way. Yeah, like you kind no of way. it makes sense. I that's that's the, the way I can put it. Like the progression makes sense. Yes. So as you can tell, it's like a very it's a very human movie. Yeah. This is it's there's no like grandstanding whatsoever in it. Yeah. So I think everyone should go and watch it, even if you don't end up liking it. I think it should be seen at least once. Yeah. Absolutely. But um yeah, those are my thoughts on Lady, but I just I fucking loved it. <laughs> yeah, same. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. I'm gonna watch We're it again. Afraid that we will never escape our past. Whatever we give you, it's never enough. It's never enough. It is enough. We're afraid of what the future will bring. We're afraid we won't be loved. You can't do anything unless you're the center of attention. We won't be liked. Yeah, well, you know your mom's tits, they're totally fake. She made one bad decision at 19. Two bad decisions. And we won't succeed. I want you to be the very best version of yourself that you can be. What if this is the best version? Okay, so um, that will probably influence our upcoming discussion, which is Oscar nominations. Yeah. Uh, So what we'll do is we'll kind of go backwards and move into... So we'll end with um, best picture. Yeah, we'll end with best picture and th- our thoughts on you know who should win, etc. Um, but let's start with, um, I guess one of the lesser awards or like the least um, important ones. Let's go with visual effects. All right, awesome. Um, okay. Embarrassment of riches for a lot of these nominations. By the way, I think it's it's tighter than usual. I it's feel like it's difficult. Yeah, especially with visual effects because. Each of these are kind of... We'll, we'll go through them. There's Blade Runner 2049, mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Kong Skull Island, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and War for the Planet of the Apes. Very good contenders, regardless of the quality of the movie, I guess. If you think about purely from a visual effects oh, perspective... Oh, yeah, they're all absolutely stunning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, what, do you, what do you think, Howie, what do you think will win and what should win? Or are they the same in this case? Hmm, this is interesting. I think... Blade Runner 2049 should win. Yeah. I don't know who will win. Yeah. I want to say maybe Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I, just because... The use uh, of color in that alone. Yeah. it's uh, So it stands out in these nominations. I, I, I just don't know if like the Oscar voters... I, they might go yeah. with like a familiar territory than... Mm. Something like Blade Runner. I would love it if Blade Runner... Obviously, I think that should win. Yeah. But, yeah, what do you think? Well, I think... I agree. I think Blade Runner 2049 should win because... Simply because no other film in the visual effects apartment just, like, took my breath away so consistently. And for nearly three hours. Like, you know, that's, that's a sustained amount of time. But I feel like War of the Planet of the Apes will win because the visual effects in that movie are most directed towards like acting like empathizing with the apes 
and that's where all like the work for that movie is going. That's so it's true. very like storytelling and emotional yeah. driven special effects. It, it's the least showy, obviously, but I feel like it will go for well for the Planet of the Apes. Interesting. If if for Caesar, if nothing else. Well, so the CGI that's not that's special effects, right? Is visual effects and special effects the same thing? Yeah. So like all the monkey faces. There's yeah. The, it counts um, as special effects. Yeah. Okay, you know what? I think you might be turning me around. The war because the you could say that the visual effects were the best actors in that movie. I mean, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it was directed towards... Yeah. Oh, this is, like, how you're going to cry for some monkeys. Yeah. I didn't, but, like, that's obviously I mean, I didn't what the aim either, was. But yeah. yeah, that's I mean, what they're going for. And they did, like, a good job of, like, a great job of that. I could tell the monkeys ap- apart from each other, so that was... Yeah. Good, yeah. a huge feat. And there's so many close-ups of the monkeys, too, yeah. and it never looks off. Yeah. But with Snoke in, like, Star Wars, it's like sometimes you can kind of see, yeah, oh, that doesn't look quite right. Okay. But um, I would I would like Blade Runner in just because, personally, I found it to be the most stunning, but I feel like War will get that one. Well, let me throw this question out. Yeah. Who do you think doesn't deserve to win? Out of all of these? Yeah. Well, I haven't seen it, but Cog's come <laughs> because it's like i don't know it's like a big fuck like i've seen the trailer i've seen clips and all that kind of stuff yeah it looks gorgeous it looks good but i don't know it doesn't stand out like guardians of the galaxy had like stunning use of color and like pulpy crazy sci-fi stuff yeah star wars the last jedi had that poetic like confrontation with luke in the 8080s and that was like actual beautiful storytelling Mm. as well and all of these had something to offer for me. And I, and I haven't seen it, but Kong Skull Island, it's like big monkey and big monsters. And it's yeah. like, okay, like, you know, I'm sure it is well done. Yeah. But it doesn't stand out at all. Hmm. As much as I liked um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 as a movie, yeah. I think it's the least deserving of of this award. I think... Because it's the least realistic looking. Yeah. It's the most cartoony looking. And also the most... I've seen that kind of visuals before in many other movies you know we've i mean i know that came out after but we've also got valerian and the city of a thousand planets is that what the title is that's the one (laughs) well it looks exactly like that anyway you know what i mean and and there was just a point in this movie too where i just felt like there was just too much cgi okay where i was just like tired of it whereas in the all the other movies i never felt that i felt they don't, they, in, don't, they don't rely on CGI nearly as much. Yeah, and I felt engrossed in the story yeah. and not finding myself picking apart the visual effects. Yeah, I which mean, is you know what the that's what the best visual effects do. They immerse you into the. They the complement everything else. Yeah, even the Star Wars: The Last Jedi that had the most like real sets of any Star Wars movie. Mm. So you know they didn't rely too much on that. But um, yeah, should we go to the next one? Yes, let's go to original song. Ah, uh, yes. So we've got. Mighty River from Mudbound uh, by Mary J. Blige. Ah, yeah. Mystery of Love, Call Me By Your Name by Safian Stevens. Um, Remember Me from Coco by um, Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez. Stand Up for Something from Marshall? Uh, What what the hell is that movie? (laughs) Common by Common and Diane Warren. Okay. Uh, This Is Me from The Greatest Showman by Benj... Pesek and Justin Paul, the who I assume La La Land, yeah, La La Land guys. Yeah, interesting category. Personally, I love Safian Stevens. Yeah, and I loved Call Me by Your Name, 
and this movie is like has such weight in yeah. that movie. I think Mystery of Love should win, but I think This Is Me is gonna take this. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. It's been they've been. This is the only thing they got, really. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean, uh, that's true. I feel like um, This Is Me won't get it because the movie's just been trashed so much, hmm. and it seems it seems a little too canned like the song it's like really fucking syrupy and i feel like that maybe i feel like they in the this case they'll academy for, voters would like that i think in this case they'll actually go for remember me from coco oh really i, I feel like it's gonna be i love one. the song yeah i feel like it they'll and that song also plays a huge part in, in the, the emotional climax of the movie yeah that's why i actually um i would like mystery of love from call me by your name twin simply because it's like my favorite song yeah it is of these ones but yeah. i kind of wish visions of gideon got the nomination oh yeah which is the second sufian stevens song yeah which it's plays the, at the end yeah. when he's looking at the fire yes yeah, because that was sort of more impactful yeah but um yeah i think remember me will get it but i, I would like mystery of love mm. to win that one yeah, never heard of this Marshall movie. I haven't even heard of that movie. Mudbound is a surprise like nomin- nominee in this award season. I've just heard very limited things about it. Yeah, it's just a Netflix release. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Which you know, good for Netflix. Yeah, so. they got some get. Wow. Good. They're gonna get there one day. Maybe yeah. Bright's not gonna get them there, but they'll, they'll no, get there. Not Bright. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Maybe Bright too. Who knows? Yeah, yeah you never know. <laughs> uh, okay, great. Let's jump to the other music part of this uh, award season. Original score. Ah, uh, yes. Um, do you want to do the honors? Yeah, uh, there's Dunkirk, Hans Zimmer, Phantom Thread, Johnny Greenwood, The Shape of Water, Alexander Desplat, Star Wars The Last Jedi, John Williams, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Carter Burwell. All right, I'm going to just outright, outright say mine. I have, like, very strong views. All right, you go first. Um, should win? Yeah. Dunkirk mm-hmm. will win, I think, Shape of Water. Yes. Doesn't deserve to win three billboards outside Ebb- I don't Missouri. Even, I don't even remember I don't, the music. Yeah, I, I, me neither. Did that movie have music? I, I've seen it twice even, and I don't and, even remember. And even if, if it did have music, I, I don't know what the music added to the movie. It yeah. might as well... Yeah, that, that, anyway, weird to see yeah. it here. And um, I love the Star Wars The Last Jedi score, but a lot of it is recycled yeah. from the other movies, yeah. you know. Yeah. Ray's theme is still great. Yes. You know, the twin sunset themes. Yes. Sort of, but it's still from a movie from 1977. Exactly. You know? So it's like, you know. I feel like John Williams just has to be on here, yeah. but I don't think he'll win. I mean, it's still good, but like, it's kind of like Meryl Streep at this point. Yeah, I, I can see that. I um, feel like... um. Sh- Phantom Thread, that that score was is really pretty, good. Yeah, I've been listening to it. I just feel like it's also in my should win, but just because because I have to pick one, I, I'm picking Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. I but, I feel like um, because the only real piece of music I remember from Dunkirk is the home theme. Yeah, because that's when, but it's very impactful because that's when it's not like a yeah like ticking clock thing. But I feel like I do like the clock motif in the movie as well. Like the score, it's really appropriate. The like, thing I think it should win, the reason why I think it should win is because... It's the most functional score. Yeah, exactly. The music has a lot to do with your experience of the movie. Yeah, and, I, and I agree. I think it will win and it should win. It's, oh, you think Dunkirk will win? I think it will win for score. I think this I is going to be Hans Zimmer's... Interesting. I mean, yeah. it won't be a shock, I guess. Yeah. But just because I feel like the Academy hasn't really been 
fully embracing Christopher Nolan movies. Mm-hmm. But but then again, Hans Zimmer, this might be their kind of here. Let's give lifetime Dunkirk achievement something. award for yeah. Hans Zimmer. <laughs> that 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 too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of feel like Blade Runner should have got like why didn't they get like a score nomination instead of three billboards? And Hans Zimmer did that as well. And like Benjamin Wilshire something. Oh, they who, both who, did it. They both did some of Dunkirk as well. Oh, I don't maybe know why maybe that there. cancel they cancel each other out. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. The theme that I'm getting from this the, the nominations is that I feel like Three Billboards might be over overhyped. I guess it's getting a lot of a shocking amount of yeah. recognition. Which it's a decent movie, but anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there when we get to Best Picture talk. But yeah. Next one will be. Film um, editing. That's right. Right. Baby Driver, Jonathan Amos, Paul Maslis, Maklis. Dunkirk, Lee Smith, I, Tonya, Tatanya, S. Regal, The Shape of Water, Sidney Walensky, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, John Gregory. Um, um, wow, this is tough. Yeah. Okay, should win. You go. Okay, should win. I would say Dunkirk will win. I feel like Baby Driver will win. Because really? it had the showiest... Uh, editing and it was a it was a tightly told story there's not like a wasted second really but i feel like dunkirk was the more impressive feat of editing yeah because a lot of it is like almost like silent movie storytelling but um and it's like on three different planes of time and how it like coalesces at the end together is actually very moving i agree but baby driver had the you know they had the showiest one that's what people remember about baby driver it's like the music to the car action scenes and stuff like that That's and obviously true. it is very impressive so i just i feel like baby driver will win it but I, I would rather dunkirk win that one what about you what do you think okay i think dunkirk should win uh based on the reasons you've mentioned but i understand that baby driver is very impressive editing wise but i feel like just like being strategic that oscars are not into like blockbuster movies like that yeah so i think they might give it to Itonia, just oh, because interesting. it's yeah. it's interesting how yeah. it's, it's how it tells its story, right? yeah, yeah, and how it everything edits together because the way that the movie flows yeah. and like yeah, the way the movie unfolds yeah. it, it, before you is very engaging, yeah. And I feel like Baby Driver probably deserves it more than Itonia, but I think the award might go to Itonia because Baby Driver is a very like poppy genre movie. Yeah, they yeah. generally tend to snub. Exactly. That. Yeah, but I, so, I feel like it might be an exception. Not saying that Baby Driver isn't deserving. Because it is Edgar Wright as well. He's got like a lot of, you know, kind of acclaim and cachet. That's true. Yeah. But so that's what puts it over. But for never me. like award season. Yeah, yeah. So. He should have, though, for his other movies because they're very impressively put together I agree. with the humor and everything. I agree. And yeah. um, Scott Pilgrim is very well edited. Oh, yeah, beautifully. It's the best aspect of the movie. Yeah. You know? But um, what are we up to next? Okay, we're going to skip past uh, Best Foreign Language Film just because we haven't seen like any of it, essentially. Yeah, but Apologies. Um, just to <laughs> highlight one, uh, The Square looks good. It's from the director of Force Majeure. Yeah. Uh, and that stars Elizabeth Moss as mm. well, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And that's the Sweden entry of Best Foreign Language Film. So check that out. That's the one that I know, like, oh, it could be interesting. We were supposed to see that, but there yeah. was a... Cancellation. It, uh, yeah. Unfortunately. Bummer. Mm. So we'll just jump into cinematography. Cinematography. So we've got Blade Runner 2049, Roger Deakins, Darkest Hour, Bruno Del Bonnell, mm-hmm. 
Dunkirk, Hoyt Van Hoytema. Mm, that's a nice name. <laughs> yeah, interesting name. Uh, Mudbound, Rachel Morrison, and The Shape of Water, Dan Laustsen. This is tight. This is an interesting one. I th- if do you want to go first? Yeah. Uh, I feel like Darkest Hour will actually win for cinematography. Really? Yeah. Because <laughs> why? Oh, the Darkest Hour is the only movie that's nominated for Best Picture that I, that I haven't seen. Yeah. And you haven't seen I Tonya, right? I but haven't seen it, I that's Tonya. not is that is that nominated for Best Picture? I don't. No. Th- yeah, I don't think so. But okay. But um, I feel like Darkest Hour will win because it's not going to get Best Picture. But the way the cinematography serves certain key scenes during the movie is incredibly showy and memorable. Whereas something like Blade Runner 2049, which I think should win, that is like consistently art, like almost the whole way through. Yeah, yeah. There's not nothing stands out because the whole movie is is consistently. Yeah, Yeah. but. Darkest Hour sort of switches gear of its photography a bit more during that makes that elevates certain key moments to like almost like a mythic sort of level. I see. So um, I, that's why I feel like Darkest Hour will get it. Dunkirk was very impressively shot, but yeah, it it didn't stand out looks wise from Christopher Nolan's other movies. Yeah, it it does look like his his movies do look good, but it I don't know it didn't serve the story. It was just like well, look at the scale of this. Yeah. Yeah. And Mudbound, I, I actually haven't seen. And The Shape of Water, I feel like it'll get other technical awards, but I don't know if... I don't really remember the cinematography of it that well. But, mm. um, yeah, so I feel like Darkest Tower will win it, but I would like Blade Runner to win. Blade Runner should win, mm-hmm. but I think The Shape of Water will win. Interesting. Just because what I'm hoping for is that they give... The Shape of Water cinematography and not give them best picture because <laughs> they might give him both. Why not oh both? <laughs> no, that would be a nightmare. Um, because it's you know it looked beautiful mm-hmm. and there are a lot of key scenes that because it's in that tone of a fairy tale the and obviously because it's under Del Toro's direction. Yeah. Um, a lot of scenes there they felt like iconic scenes. Yeah. You know, I'm specifically think about the one where they're both under water yeah and a lot of the the way they switched into kind of russian spy visuals Mm -hmm. too yeah there are a lot of things going on visually yeah that you know it's flashy Mm -hmm. people might respond to that all right what's up um okay we're in the big leagues now so let's let's start with adapted screenplay okay um so we've got call me by your name by Mm -hmm. james ivory the Disaster Artist by Scott um, Neustadter. <laughs> Michael H. Weber. And yeah, those two guys. Logan, Logan, The Surprise, The Nice Surprise by Scott Frank and James Mangold and Michael Green. Molly's Game by uh, the god of screenwriting, Aaron Sorkin. Mudbound, Virgil Williams and D. D. Reese. Okay, uh, I'll go first yes. on this one. I think... Uh, Call Me By Your Name will win for Adapted Screenplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Logan should win for Adapted Screenplay. Yeah. Just because if you look at the source material it's based off, which is Old Man Logan, it's like a Western as well, set like in a dystopia future. But it's like a very trashy, blockbustery, just like fun thrill ride with not much going on un- under the hood, really. It's just like a lot of fun. But the way they took the best sort of elements and elevated it into something, you know, genuinely moving and emotional 
was like stunning, frankly, and it, it deserves the adapted screenplay of like any superhero movie I've ever seen. And it would be nice for you know to get rewarded for that, even though it's a genre movie. But it won't because it's a genre movie. Yeah, you know, it won't get it, even though it's got that Oscar Beatty flavor of like an old man dealing with the end of his life. Yeah, it's like a western. It plays and like it's a western. western. It's like got that serious tone to it. Yeah. It's still it's still a comic book movie. At the end of the day, yeah. But um I think Call Me by Your Name will win it just because of the heat attached to it. I haven't read the book, but you know, I, I just assume it will get it. Yeah. <laughs> For adapted screen. <laughs> it's not gonna get best picture because the picture itself is too explicit yeah. with the gay sex. Yeah, Moonlight, do you Moonlight, think it's too explicit? I think, yeah, I think it's too it's too explicit. The peach scene, and uh, it, they're not gonna like that. But <laughs> I feel like they'll give like an adapted screenplay nod instead of the best picture. It'll be like a trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? I think I agree with you with the should win, which is Logan. Yeah, I love that movie, and you're right in the way that it adapts. It adapts a comic book um, kind of source material in a very smart way. Yeah. And it comments back on the source material yeah. that it adapted, which is so interesting. Yeah. And it's so and, it's an imaginative adaption. Yes. Yeah. Overall it's a really good movie mm-hmm. as well. So I might go with your theory that Call Me by Your Name will win. Yeah. But I also want to shine a light on another should win of mine, which is Molly's game. I wanna yeah. make a case for that. Yeah. Because okay, number one, you've got Aaron Sorkin who is like, you know, king the king of walk and talks. Mm-hmm. Speedy dialogue. The social network is one of my favorite movies and that has the best ping pong dialogue. Yeah. It's wildly entertaining and Molly's game is just you know, no different. It's very it's very creatively written dialogue. It's a lot of dialogue, which is what I, which is, you know, I think it won't win because of that. It might be too annoying for some people. Yeah, you gotta remember there are like old folks voting on these yeah. things. <laughs> I mean, it's like rapid fire dialogue, but yeah. I think it works yeah. in the context of the movie. And it's not. Aaron Sorkin being uh, in his worst, where he like kind of pontificates, yeah, and he's grandstands, in love with his words. Yeah. yeah, a bit too much. It's more, it's very character driven. Yeah, it's like you know watching a master at the top of his game. As much as I love "Call Me by Your Name," mm-hmm. it's weird to me that it will win this because. The screenplay itself I don't... is not the strongest screenplay I've ever. It's experienced. very like actually, like sort of. What makes it is the filmmaking and the yeah. acting, like yeah. putting you in that summer heat, and it's like the languid pace and like the sexy romantic yeah. scenes. The actual like dialogue, except for at the end, there's one key parents, scene. There's one key scene where it's like, wow, that's stunning. Yeah, and so that's why I think it, yeah, I, I could see it. You could see that it could win. Just that, yeah, I, that would they would play that clip. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just thinking it might. Yeah, I. But it doesn't have... This, it doesn't it deserve... Does, I mean, it doesn't deserve to win this award out of all the ones that it did. Yeah. Because clearly from watching the movie, you know that the screenplay is the least important thing out of the performance and cinematography. And it's... um, But it's at the same time, i got to be fair, it's hard to judge because adaptation is... Which is why I think Logan should win. It's all about what you put in and what you take out. Yeah. It's like, what do you do with that source material? And I haven't read this source material, so I don't know how different it is. Or I don't know if they just lifted word for word. Yeah. Because if they did that, then that's really, like, uncreative. Yeah. And one more thing about... That's a good point, which reminds me of why Molly's game is also pretty impressive, is that 
it also does that thing where it comments back on the source material because the source material is featured, which is um, the book that Molly writes, yeah. uh, her autobiography, is featured in the movie. Yeah. As a plot point. Yeah. You know, it's like a very liberal adaptation. Yeah. And it, I think. You know, kind of a genius movie. He finds another dimension to the whole drama with the inclusion of the actual text, which I think is cool. I think that's such a genius way to adapt something by including the source material into the story of your movie. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's pretty impressive. All right. All right, cool. Now we'll get to original screenplay, I guess. Yeah. Which is The Big Sick with Emily V. Gordon and Kumail Nanjiani. Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah. I've actually never said his name out loud in my life. Yeah. That was the first time. Holy shit. I'm always just seeing his name. Yeah. Uh, Get Out, Jordan Peele, Lady Bird, Greta Gerwig, The Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro, and Vanessa Taylor. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, Martin McDonough. Now, um, what I think will win will be... Uh, I feel like... <laughs> oh, this is tough. This is a tough, tough category. This is really hard. I, th- um, I feel like... Um, I think... The nomination of the Big Sick, which is a pleasant surprise, like that's their win, right? Like they're they're not gonna win. Yeah. Best yeah. Sc- screenplay. I, original screenplay. Yeah, not with something like Get Out that's there. I I'll give you my should and would uh, and will. All right, you go first. My should win is Lady Bird. Yes, I because agree. Because the dialogue. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> because the dialogue, it's like the opposite of Call Me by Your Name, where it's the screenplay and the performance that drives the movie. Yeah. It, whereas you know, Call Me by Your Name is more the direction slash cinematography mm-hmm. and performance yeah so yeah and it's a heartwarming smartly written screenplay yeah i think unfortunately three billboards will probably win because it has that air of like characters saying witty things they're giving speechifying yeah yeah maybe because you know you even have that 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 scene with like woody harrelson and the letter that he wrote yeah which I did not like at all, but I feel like that's why, you know, Woody Harrelson was nominated, so... I mean... <laughs> I don't know. It's one of the... That moment in the movie was one of those weird things when you watch it in isolation, it's pretty beautiful, but it doesn't connect... Yeah, it doesn't. ...to him or what he's been doing. But, yeah, the, yeah they do love that kind of, like, easy, like flashy shit. Yeah. It's all about the most. And Three Billboards has the most, uh, you know... It's got that ensemble <laughs> cast to that is has been very you know famously very good at saying words. Yeah. <laughs> so so you've got Francis McDormand, you've got Sam Rockwell, you've got Woody Harrelson. Yeah. And Lucas Hedges. Yeah. You know I think that might tip it over to to win again. I'm hoping that they win these as well, just so that they don't win Best Picture. <laughs> I think I got to go with you. I think three billboards will win original screenplay. Yeah. I'm actually it's uh, shocked that The Shape of Water is nominated, but um, okay. I mean, I, I'm cool with that. It is like you know a cool original like sci-fi story that's also like that's true. hits that yeah. uh, Oscar baby thing of like marginalized people, you know, which they they love like sort of underdog aspect of it. Yeah. So I, I could see that. And, ju- yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that. There were some scenes, like dialogue scenes, that didn't quite make much sense. And I fault the screenplay, which is why I'm, like, shocked that... You know, this is, again, like, 
uh, call me by your name where what the characters actually say is beside the point (laughs) (laughs) more about the feeling of the thing and so you are more forgiving when they're like kind of weird logic flaws in the movie because it's more about like the visual representation of like you know what these characters symbolize yeah i'm thinking especially a lot of the spy scenes the like russian spy scenes and like some interrogation scenes with um michael shannon who's really great but there are just some scenes that just like oh what what why would he say that yeah that i don't know it felt off but it's fine in the context of the movie yeah but it's kind of like the flaw of the screenplay i don't know like the big six getting a lot of love but i feel like it's not terribly different from like a judd apatow movie yeah yeah but yeah yeah, so i mean it's cool to see it there yeah but it's a nice story yeah for sure get out is interesting because i think it was pretty good like the comedy was sharp like the the jokes were really social commentary terry was like really unique yes it was a well-structured screenplay like the plot points were well-structured and it felt like they had fun writing the the scenes where it's like the rich white people talking to each other acting all like waspy yeah uh that, that was really like enjoyable to watch yeah so yeah i think i i get it that would be my second after Lady Bird. Uh, okay, so now we're down to animated feature. <laughs> okay, come so on, we've come got on, you know we've got the Boss Baby, the Breadwinner, Coco, Ferdinand, that um, really John that Cena as bull the as the bull animal movie, yeah. and Loving Vincent, that uh, Vincent Van Gogh, the watercolor movie. looking one. Yeah, I think yeah. Coco should win and Coco will win and it's particularly kind of pertinent like what's going on in America right now yes. with them and Mexicans and whatnot. So and I think it's kind of like a timely And I also I love Coco. Like it's one it of my movie. one of yeah. my favorite movies of last year. Yeah. And terrific. um and you know Pixar at its best. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's very smart. The story is very smart. It's more than a family movie. It's that kind of inside out um Yes. Uh, film in a way that it, you know it's something for the kids and also something deep and profound for the adults watching it, w- it works on every level yeah and it has a good it's a good mystery it has a good twist yeah it has a highly like really emotional like climax yeah as you, you know you'd expect the through line is very emotional yeah so and it's a it's good social commentary especially i, I and i don't even think that this is intentional but they've stumbled upon this post weinstein era because the movie is also about what happens when this person that we revere turns out to be a terrible human being. Yeah. Yeah, and it touches on that. And it's very interesting that it paints a picture where, oh, people just like, the public just does the right thing, which very idealistic. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you expect, yeah. I guess, for a Pixar movie? But yeah. um, I would strongly recommend for people to watch it if they just have an inkling. Or, you know, if you like Pixar movies and you haven't seen this one, you should definitely watch it. Yeah. And should and will. Not even an argument. <laughs> I mean, maybe Loving Vincent might have a chance I don't think, of beating Yeah, them. but I don't think enough people saw it. Yeah, and maybe the campaign behind Loving Vincent, I don't think they have the budget. It's to, too niche, I yeah. feel like, it's for the Oscars. It's, yeah. That's true. I think so. But um, yeah, nicely got nominated. Yeah, Boss Baby, that's just a wacky what? movie. Ferdinand, okay. <laughs> there wasn't anything better. I, I don't know. I, I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, neither did I. But yeah. 
Maybe it's good. Yeah, perhaps. You know, never discount shit. You know what? Too bad Paddington 2 couldn't be in this one. Is that because it came out too late? I think it's because it's not really an animated movie. <laughs> That's true. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It actually isn't. Yeah, it's not. That bear is just so <laughs> it's well It's just animated. a kid's movie. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm glad because I don't want... Uh, I want Coco to win. <laughs> yeah. I like Paddington 2. I like Coco I too. like Paddington 2 as well. But... Yeah. Not saying you did. Okay, so now we're um, up to the... Uh, let's jump to the big guns. Let's go to supporting actress. Oh, awesome. Getting to the meat. Getting to the juicy. Yeah, the juicy categories. Yeah. So um, I'll let you do the honors. All right. Uh, Mary J. Blige, Mudbound, Allison Jenny, I, Tonya, Leslie Manville, Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf, Lady Bird, Octavia Spencer, The Shape of Water. Uh, I will say Willwin, Allison Janney, even mm. though I haven't seen I, Tonya, yeah. but it's the kind of sort of towering monstrous performance that the Academy likes to reward Loves, for supporting yeah. actresses. Yeah. Um, I think out of all these, I would prefer Laurie Metcalf one Same. for supporting actress because all the work she does is subtle Yeah, in the movie. Yeah. And she, it's tremendously sympathetic and sometimes you're cringing at what she's doing, but you're always like getting where she's coming yeah. from and she conveys like a history Without saying anything. She's subtle, and yet, every time she's on screen, she commands attention. Like, she... You want to know what that character is thinking. You want to know, like... You're so engaged every time she's on screen, even though her acting isn't, like, loud acting. Yeah, exactly. And it's you're just like, oh, yeah, acting. what... Yeah, it's, it's so... Yeah. Yeah, she just captures your attention without trying to go big. Mm-hmm. That's a good sign of a supporting actress. Yeah. Um, what do you think? She should win. Yeah. I don't think she will. I, I agree. Alice and Jenny probably will take this just because she's a known quantity. Mm-hmm. It, it feels Has like she pe- won before. I, I don't think so, which so, is yeah. all the more reason why she's going to win because I feel like people are itching to give her this award. Yeah. But <laughs> like she, just some award. If she wins this and like, let's just jump ahead a little bit and say Frances McDormand wins best actress. It's like both the women actresses are too like, towering angry yeah they're similar people. women it's interesting in right? similar yeah. characters you think they're gonna variety it up but I, I don't know but um I, yeah should we go to supporting actor uh i also want to say yeah um i'm shocked i mean i'm not shocked but i don't think uh, octavia spencer deserves to be in this category just yeah, because I don't think so either. she i enjoyed um the shape of water but the role that she was given was horrible like as in it it was she literally played the black best friend character i understand that of course within the context of a fairy tale all the characters are are diluted down as like story points because they needed to be symbols of mm. something yeah but the consequence of that is that she has nothing much to work with yeah i you mean know, throughout the movie she like octavia spencer could do this in her sleep but this feels like a movie that she should have gotten at the beginning of her career, her career instead of it's a thankless like, sort yeah of role. thankless yeah and there's really nothing the mo- the role doesn't ask much from her yeah so she doesn't actually do much yeah which is so, so it's weird to see her in here. I mean, I guess she does literally support the main character. Yeah, but it's it's not <laughs> something like Laurie Metcalf and Lady Bird. Yeah, you know? like it. She is without Laurie Metcalf's performance, without that dynamic between her and Cersei Ronan. I, you know, their dynamic makes the movie. Yeah, 
kind of like um, Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet's dynamic. Like they they make the movie, even though we'll get onto supporting actor. But yeah, I think if you take a you, you can replace Octavia Spencer with literally anyone. Yeah, yeah, she really added not much to the. Film. Yeah, yeah. I do like that Leslie Manville um, is nominated. I really Phantom liked her. Thread. She's very interesting in the yeah. Phantom Thread. So yeah. yeah, that's a good good get to. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice and one. And she really held her own against Daniel Day-Lewis. So, yeah. you know, that's a fucking... And that dynamic between her and Daniel Day-Lewis is very... Yeah, it's very interesting. It's, it's very... the center of the movie. And yeah. she fulfills her end of it. So yeah, of course, definitely. Yeah. Um, Sporting actor now, I guess. Yes, let's do that. Yeah. Um, so we've got Willem Dafoe for The Florida Project. Yep. Woody Harrelson, Three Billboards. Sam Rockwell, Three Billboards. Richard Jenkins, The Shape of Water. Christopher Plummer as Kevin Spacey. Yeah, okay. You've got a bit of <laughs> All a, the money in the world. Got an interesting three-way here because who I'd love to win would be Willem Dafoe for The Florida Project. Yeah. Um, I don't have to explain it. His performance is just fucking magnificent. Great. You've seen it. He's great and naturalistic yeah. and just, yeah, fantastic. Of course he should win it. But I think Sam Rockwell will get it for... Because he's also excellent in the movie. Mm. But I feel like it's a much sort of like flashier, showier performance where he gets to like, you know, he gets to be a prick. He gets to be like, get that little unearned really kind of... That's true. Some kind of redemption arc. I don't know. But um, Christopher Plummer, I wonder if he'd get it for saving... <laughs> All the money in the world at the last minute, like yeah. coming and swooping yeah, in. Yeah, just like the action of he's doing great, that. He's great in it, you know? Have you seen it? Yeah, he's terrific in it. Like, really fucking evil. Is it a good movie? It's good. He's the best thing about it by yeah. far. He's very good in it. So, yeah, but I think Sam Rockwell's got it, but I I would love if Willem Dafoe won. Interesting. I, I think my will and should is Willem Dafoe. I'm going to double oh, you down. Think win. Okay. So my logic is Woody Harrelson's nominated nominated as well. So I think they'll cancel, cancel out yeah. Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Um, and also, I'm hoping on the Oscars trying to kind of not give in to like trying to be the same as Golden Globes. Yeah. That maybe less attention will be given to three billboards at this point i think you know the academy likes willem dafoe yes he's really like he's a big but, name but the florida project i feel like has been under served in these i think this could be like he could be this the stand-in win for mm-hmm. the movie as a whole yeah i would love that All right. we'll see i mean yeah. Richard Jenkins, again, should not be in this category. Just, like, he deserves to be in this category more than Octavia Spencer because he got much more to do. He got but more range. That's only, like, marginally. Like, yeah. I feel like he also played the gay best friend character. He, he was good. I, I have no problem him being He's a good actor, yeah, but... He's good in it. I feel like Army, Army Hammer. Yeah, that's Army a good Hammer point. should be in this. Yeah. That, I'd rather have Army Hammer than Woody Harrelson. That's true. I think... Yeah. I think Richard Jenkins and Woody Harrelson just have like the same amount of screen time in this movie, in their respective movies, that they're more like third tier supporting actors. Yeah, I get what you mean. In the movie itself, like they're the third level down. I mean, Woody Harrelson was like pretty fine, but I am surprised he got nominated more than Richard Jenkins. But But, um, should we go to support? What are we up to now? Actress, right? Yes. Uh, you know what? Let's go to lead actor because that's the more boring category of this, of yeah. the two. So lead actor, we've got Timothy Chalamet, Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis, Phantom Thread. Daniel Kaluuya, Get Out. 
Gary Oldman, Darkest Hour, Denzel Washington, Roman J. Israel, Esquire. Okay, you can forget <laughs> about that one. <laughs> that was just like, uh, okay, a, James Franco's like out, so who on. do we pick yeah. to replace it? Oh, this guy, oh, Denzel Washington, yeah, yeah. he's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have not even heard of that movie. I can't say, but not, yeah. Okay, no, I don't sure. Think it's like a shrug. It's a shrug of one. I think Will Wind will be Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour because it'll be one of those cases again where he's been like one of the best actors of his generation, obviously. Mm. And, you know, this is like the biggest part. Yeah, he's Churchill. Um, I think Should Win will probably... I mean, will uh, Should Win, I'd like to win, would be Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name. But I think it's just because he's so young. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think he will. Yeah. It'll be like Gary Oldman. Yeah. What about what do you think? Should win Timothy Chalamet. Mm-hmm. Will win. I'm gonna throw this gauntlet out there. Yeah. Daniel Day Lewis. Oh yeah. I mean, he has a good track record. Yeah. And this is his last movie. Oh yeah, supposedly. <laughs> so, well, anyway, but, uh, yeah. the narrative. For now, he's yeah, his last movie. The narrative is, yeah. you know, he's gonna after this, he's just gonna make shoes. He won some shit. He won for um Lincoln, didn't he? Yeah. So. It's kind of like the Meryl Streep thing, where it's like. But he was a historical figure. They love the historical. That's true. That's That's true. I think he is a historical figure as well, but obviously not in that sense, in a political sense. Yeah. (laughs) But um, as a fashion designer, Woodcock. I would not be surprised at all if he won for lead actor, because obviously it's Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. He would deserve it. Like I, I want him to win for this performance. It's, uh, it's not like the best. Daniel Day Lewis performance, but it's the most fun one. Yeah, it is. I agree with so, that. Yeah, and I haven't seen Darkest Hour, but I can kind of get the gist yeah. from of, of Gary Holman's performance from the trailer. Mm. It's that obligatory, you know, tr- character transformation yeah. kind of movie. Yeah. So he does. Tw- I'm not. I won't be shocked yeah. if he wins. He does get, even though in the trailer he shouts a lot. He does get more meat to do in the okay. movie other than That's shout. Good. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate it. Like if he won. Yeah. What if just Denzel Washington wins? That'd what a fucking, so like, that would be hilarious. Like, every all the nominees would be looking at you like, what the fuck? Yeah. I think he'll be shocked, too. Yeah. Um, It'd be funny. Okay. Lead actress. Yeah. You go. Uh, Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water. Frances McDormand for Three Billboards. Margot Robbie for I, Tonya. Cersei Ronan for Lady Bird. And Meryl Streep for The Post. Um, let's see who would cancel out. I think immediately Meryl Streep for the post because... As in, like, yeah, she's the least likely to win they do, at this point? They do love Meryl Streep, but she far and away does the least interesting work. Yeah, it's it. actually so nothing. It's it's good. Like, it's actually good, but it's so easy. Yeah. It's, so, it's like, okay, we know how good she is, and yeah, yeah she is that good. It's good, but... This is not Meryl it's not Street pushing at the boundaries. top of her game. You know it's what not, I mean? These other ones, like Sally Hawkins convincing the audience that she actually does want to fuck the fish monster <laughs> and making it believable. That's a feat. That's yeah. like pushing boundaries. That's like yeah. fucking impressive. Yeah. That's why I, I hope she wins. But Frances McDormand will win because, <laughs> again, she gets the most acting. But maybe Margot Robbie, because it looks like she gets the most acting. Because she kind of... It's like... She does. There's that narrative of, like, the ugly... I mean, the beautiful woman doing that ugly duckling thing for a role. Yeah. Which Charlie Theron did for Monster, and she won. Mm-hmm. So there's that element that kind of gives her an edge. But I just... I feel like Frances McDormand's got it in the bag, to be honest. But I would love it if 
Sally Hawkins one. This is interesting because Frances McDormand, I think you mentioned just now, he, she plays a similar, like, it is like a similar spirit that Alison Jenny is in. Like, it's yeah. that kind of role where it's like the bitter, venomous. Bitter mother. Yeah, yeah, that right. that right. kind of, they could interchange yeah. in those roles. Yeah, this is a tough one for me because I, I want Cersei Ronan to win. Mm-hmm. But I'm also happy if Margot Robbie or Sally Hawkins wins. Yeah. Will win? Yeah, I agree with you. Francis McDormand. Yeah. The only thing I'd be annoyed by if Meryl Streep won, because I'd be like, come That'd on, be so you're annoying. just giving it to yeah. Streep at this Might point. Might as well just create like a Meryl Streep award. Yeah, yeah. At that point, <laughs> yes, with all these other... Just change, uh, just change the lead actress award name to the Meryl Streep Award and just be done with it. Yeah, and like don't nominate her because yeah. it's just. Let's say she gave the least interesting performance out of the five that are nominated. Yeah. So yeah, we'll win. Frances McDormand. Margot Robbie's also got. She's doing a historical figure thing. That's true. I, another Mar- Margot Robbie has a more nuanced role than Frances McDormand has. Yeah, this is the tough one. I'm gonna, you know, Margot Robbie, Cersei Ronan, Sally Hawkins should win. <laughs> they should all get the award. <laughs> they, sh- they should all. Because... I agree with Cersei Ronan as well because yeah. the way she becomes like a 17 year old girl, yeah, is like a feat of its own. And also the accent is pretty good. Yes, yeah, for a she's like Scottish, I think Irish, Irish, so Irish. Yeah, so you know, it's like it's not at like Emma Watson where you can just see her British accent seep through all yeah. the time. She's very convincing. Yeah, and um, yeah, Margot Robbie is really good as. A historical figure, but also like yeah, portrays controversial. A, historical yeah, figure, yeah, yeah. To an extent that I, I'm on her side. It's interesting. <laughs> She's really good, and Sally Hawkins. It's such a huge feat to you know anchor a movie where your character doesn't speak at all. Yeah. And and she's um, got to do a weird thing. Yeah. Like I reiterate, fuck the fish monster. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a small thing that she makes that believable and heartwarming at the same time. Sally Hawkins carries this movie yeah absolutely that's and why i feel like she should win. yeah she has the biggest chance to beat francis yeah i think so too actually i think if it's not francis mcdormand it's sally hawkins because i tonya didn't and the post didn't get like best picture yeah. nominations yeah and so cersei ronan has slightly. that young woman thing yeah she's part of she's in a movie role where it's like sort of quote-unquote not as important exactly as exactly. these other ones so and i mean why yeah get left behind that's true but didn't quivenjane wallace like what? one lead actress what did she what was she in uh beast of the southern wild oh i don't know if she won actually oh, i'm not sure really i have an image of her accepting an award maybe it's golden globes yeah but yeah cool uh we on to best director now Yes, so, okay, let's go Best Director, and then we'll go Best Picture. Uh, i got Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan, Get Out, Jordan Peele, Lady Bird, Greta Gerwig, Phantom Thread, Paul Thomas Anderson, The Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro. Um, I think Will Win will be Get Out, Jordan Peele. I think should... Will Win, yeah, Jordan but... Peele. I think they'll give him Director and not Picture, because the picture... <laughs> the movie itself is too... Uh... It's too niche to win Best Picture, I feel like. It's too kind of, like, confrontational. But the... <laughs> All those white people, they don't want to... Yeah, <laughs> but um, the amount of sort of heat it's generated for, like, a debut is just... You know, it's off the charts, and... I mean, would... so is Lady Bird. So is Lady Bird, too. That's why I feel like it's kind of tight between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, so I think... But I think Get Out should should win for its direction. 
I mean, just that image of Daniel Kalua in the chair in the sunken place is so memorable. It's like it's an unforgettable image. That yeah. But um, what I hope would win would be um, I don't know. Yeah, this is the best category. You know, in the sense that I am happy if any of these. Yeah. like directors win like these are really good directors and they you know, directed their movie really well I, f- I feel like I would I would like Greta Gerwig to win that would be amazing I would love that but I do feel like Jordan Jordan Peele will win yeah so that's mine you know even Greta Gerwig is she's not a should win I, I wouldn't say because all of them should so it's yeah. really hard yeah exactly yeah but I in my heart I want Greta Gerwig to win yeah but if you think, if you consider the other directors in here, we've got Christopher Nolan with Dunkirk. The amount of technique that's put into directing that. True, but it didn't make Paul anyone Tom- cry. So <laughs> that's why I won't get I mean, I'm sure people got teary-eyed at the home, the coming home yeah, scene. True, you know? true. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> uh, PTA, very good. You know, she's... It's very PTA. subtle. I mean, because yeah. if you look at his earlier films, it's almost like they're very Scorsese influenced. Yeah. And in Phantom Thread, it's like completely not that. It's, it's actually... almost like a Victorian romance. Like, like that's yeah. the feel of it. Yeah. But in a yeah, and just a way that like clothing looks. <laughs> oh, it's lovely, isn't it? Yeah, it's shot very well, and and sometimes very visually the comedic cues are done very well. The timing is excellent, yeah. especially with the. The distraction is saying staying here, but the tea is leaving. <laughs> that sort of stuff is done excellently. Great, yeah. But um, and yeah. of course, the shape of water has met. As much as I didn't care for it, I can objectively understand that it is a solid movie. The direction and is the great. direction is good, even though it's not. It didn't like resonate with me as much as other people. Well, but... this is one category. I'm glad three billboards is not. Taking oh, up space maybe in. that's why I'm feeling good about this category. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I love Martin McDonough. Yeah, it's not his best movie. Yeah, it's not as good. As and yet, Bruges. yeah. So it's just weird that suddenly people are just falling head over heels of this this movie. Mm-hmm. Where he's said more in other movies. Yeah. As a director, he has made more meaningful movies than that one. Mm. And there's just a certain tone deafness about Three Billboards that I'm just like. Sometimes it's clumsy. Yeah, it's yeah. just weird. Yeah. Obviously, it's almost as if like this is like directed by a foreign director that's not American. Yeah. That's like has a weird. Yeah. You know, has a weird yeah. understanding of how it's what it's like. Yeah. Even though obviously I'm not American, but it, it felt you can off. kind of feel it. Yeah, you felt it, how yeah. it's like the characters are barely realistic. Yeah. It, I mean, the setting is just not realistic. Yeah. There's no real verse for misletude yeah. to it. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. and yet I think it was trying for that. Yeah, which is why there's some sort of weird fundamental disconnect. I yeah. guess. Yeah, and no, it's not intentional. Mm-hmm. It just feels like the intent and the result is different. Yeah. But, um, so director should win. <laughs> everyone, everyone. That's all at all. I'm happy if anyone gets it. You can't lose with that. Yeah. Uh, um, I won't, like, jump out of my seat for Del Toro, but I'll, like, begrudgingly clap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go to the big ones, Best I guess. Best picture. Oh, okay. So there's Call Me By Your Name, mm-hmm. Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post... The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. So, uh, give me a ranking of your favorite 
mm-hmm. to your least favorite. So wait, have you seen all of it? I have seen all of these. Okay, yes, cool. I have. So what's your ranking? Okay. From your best, yeah, your favorite to your least favorite. Number one, I'll go Ladybird, even though I just saw it and it's the freshest. I, yeah, this is still number one for me. Number two would be Dunkirk. Number three would be Get Out. Number four would be Call Me By Your Name. Number five, The Shape of Water. Number six, Three Billboards. And finally, The Post would probably be last, I think. Mm. So, yeah, I... What I think will win, I feel like The Shape of Water will win it because I don't think Get Out will win it. I don't think Dunkirk will either. No, Darkest Hour is too, it's too sort of middle of the, it's too middle of the road. But it's got that air of prestige where we've got to put it. Same with The Post, like they've both got that problem where it's yeah. like too middle of the road. Call Me by Your Name, they'll give it the screenplay for it. Maybe Timothy Chalamet, but not picture because they did the gay one last year. They can't have two gays in a row. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Ladybird is too subtle. It's too not showy enough. And Phantom Thread is too weird. But The Shape of Water hits all the notes for a best picture. So that's just why I feel like it would win. But maybe three billboards too. It's like but really between the two of them, I feel like. Yeah. What, what do you think? What's your order? Yeah, so I would go Ladybird. Yeah. Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. Dunkirk is mm-hmm. my third one. Get Out. Phantom Thread. And then three billboards. And then The Shape of Water. I haven't seen The Darkest Hour. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like after I've seen Darkest Hour, I have a suspicion that The Post will still be the la- my least favorite yeah, of, cause you didn't of like the, the Best Post. Picture nominated. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't like it. It was not... It wasn't entertaining <laughs> for enough. a lot of it. Yeah. yeah. And The Post had this weird... Um, had this weird thing going for it where obviously it's a Steven Spielberg directed movie, but it had a lot of, it's like a game of cameo spotting where you're like, oh, it's that guy, it's that guy, it's yeah. that lady. But then they are just like kind of set dressing and they don't, they don't do much. Yeah. And because there's so many cameos, you kind of, there's this sense of like, oh, is this person going to be important because they got such a big actress, such a good actress to play this role. But then no, they're just mouthpieces well, you, to serve the overall story and then all you remember in it is tom hanks and meryl Streep. Yeah. like everyone else yeah. is sort of i mean psychic. i would say uh, the kind of standout um acting from the movie would be um bob odenkirk yeah I actually enjoyed his performance yeah in in that movie but i feel like the pose is just i love journalism type movies yeah i love spotlight which i think the writer of this wrote spotlight okay i just felt like i didn't feel the sense of urgency that i should have felt while watching this movie i didn't feel like oh this was gonna have like obviously they talk about the stakes a lot yeah i just didn't they didn't earn my engagement they didn't earn me being invested in whether they should publish this or not i I didn't feel it I, i i disagree with that but i will say it is far and away, like, next to Darkest Hour, like, the least fucking impressive of these nominations. Like, honestly, like, get rid of the post and put, like, Logan or something like that. Yeah. Like, or Blade Runner. Like, any... Like, a genre picture. Okay? Yeah. Because genre p- pictures this year were obviously, like, pushing the boundaries. Yes. And the post feels like something where... Yeah, it is, like, pertinent to these times with free press and whatnot. Yeah. But it feels like it could have come out any year. It's not the best of its yeah. ilk. Yeah which is what the best picture should be. Mm-hmm. But obviously it's got that Streep and Spielberg cachet. Yes. So then you're kind of reminded, yeah, like 
you gotta have that kind of pull to be in the best picture. Yeah, and it's just also very by the numbers kind it of is. movie. Yeah, like, it is. There's nothing interesting about how it tells its story I don't, as well. Yeah, I don't remember specific scenes from yeah. it. And anyway, yeah. it's easy to take it for granted because you know whatever it's competent. Fine, yeah, whatever. Okay, well I think should win. I know I put Lady Bird as my favorite. Yeah, but I think Dunkirk should. Mm-hmm. Just because it's such a well-made movie. I mean, if you're going, if you're going to see one movie in like a cinema, yeah, it's done. It's a great cinematic Dunkirk. experience. Yeah, but by the flip side, it w- it is one of those movies that's that's tough to sort of rewatch on like a TV. That's true. That's true. But if you're looking for that cinema experience, like Dunkirk can't be beaten out of all of these ones. Yeah, it depends what uh, it depends what they really look for in a best picture yeah it and how depends that, on your definition yeah and how that dif- differentiates from direction and stuff yeah. like that yeah if best picture is the most emotionally resonant movie i would say it's ladybird it should win yeah but if it's like the best crafted it's like dunkirk, dunkirk. i could see that yeah but it's hard because it's to the voters themselves if you think about it like that when it comes to will win their priorities probably is different. Mm. And I think that maybe, this is my weird theory, because La La Land lost out and it was kind of an ode to Hollywood kind of movie, Yeah, I think The Shape of Water will win because that's, that's another... That's a love letter to Hollywood yeah, as well. That's another love letter to Hollywood. And cinema. And, yeah, and it's just similar to La La Land in some ways that that might be like, oh, we, well, we didn't get to choose La La Land, but at least we'll choose The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I would why be, I think it yeah. would part two. Yeah, I'd be surp- really surprised if Three Billboards wins. That's a th- I, I feel like it won't win Best Picture because as a movie, it's simply too cruel for yeah. the Best Picture. It's weirdly, it's a very mean movie. It is. And if you look at the it's... traditional Best Picture winners, they're not mean movies, like... They're sort of yeah. celebrations. They're life-affirming movies. Yeah. Like, look at, like, Moonlight won last exactly. year. That's, like, the ultimate life-affirming movie. Yes. If there ever was one. So that's why I feel like it won't win this. Yeah, it's very cynical. It's almost Tarantino-esque in a way that... It's much know, like... meaner than Tarantino, I feel. Like, it's really... <laughs> I mean, maybe as mean as The Hateful Eight. <laughs> that was a misanthropic movie. And I feel like, to an extent, Three Billboards is as well. Yeah. But that that's why I feel like it won't win the best picture even though it's getting like a lot of you know buzz and whatnot yeah so it, it airs on march 4th huh it does and uh, hosted by jimmy kimmel <laughs> for the second time for the second time they say um are you going to watch watch it or are you just gonna if, wait till it you know, pops? If, I, if i'm not doing anything that day i'll, I'll definitely watch it because this is like the most i've been invested yeah in the oscars since i don't even remember it's very interesting i've seen all of it yeah well 90 percent of what's nominated yeah, uh, I'm. I'm so, insanely curious to see how it'll go down. Obviously, with the Oscars, you got to put up with like lame comedy skits and. Yeah. You, I wonder if they'll acknowledge the La La Land Moonlight bungle and. Probably right. Probably <laughs> right into the ground, like joke about it. Yeah. But um, no, I'm I'm very interested in watching the Oscars this year because yeah. there's such a like a such good stuff. It feels progressive this year it in, is. in a way. Uh, you it know, it feels inclusive in a way that it yeah. hasn't in a while. You know, you've got. I'm just thinking, especially with the inclusion of Get Out and Lady Bird, they're like such a huge surprise to me. Like I didn't even, I didn't even think they would even consider Get Out. Same. You know what I mean? I, I, I thought, yeah, yeah. I thought it would be like a snub that people were like, oh, yeah. 
but this sort of demonstrates a kind of wider thinking which i yeah. really appreciate like maybe a shift yeah but we'll see what the winds tell us i think yeah. that's more like interesting because are they what... just going to be there for sort of tokens if yeah they win it, anything it, yeah, I, yeah i'm thinking if it would be disappointing if three three billboards win all of it yeah i think so too um and i i gotta say i didn't hate i didn't i didn't hate it either i do think the amount of kind of love it's getting but it's also getting quite a backlash to it too yeah it's sort of indicative of a movie that is confusing and what its intent is to an extent it's a cool movie that's i have to say that it's very very, cool it's very entertaining maybe this movie like also resonated i don't know it resonates with a lot of people who like are craving for that tarantino absence Mm -hmm. as well like it has that kind of tone to it it's got like a sort of cheeky shocking uh shockingness to it which is kind of and it, yeah. fun the first time and then the second time <laughs> it feels problematic it's, it's like oh this is it's yeah we're really not gonna punish the cop for throwing <laughs> that fucking kid out of window okay. yeah uh, it's yeah. a the kind of movie i would say kind of like fight club where it's good it has its merits but you know that some other person watching this movie has taken it's the taken wrong message from, from this yeah, exactly. yeah. like yes. they won't understand like the, the what it's criticizing they take everything at face value like and, yeah. the people who love fight club because it's about punching people that's what that's why i say it is in and of itself an interesting work of art when people can take something good or something horrible from yeah it. yeah it, it's imperfect as it is yes which is right why still i'd rather it win than the post because yeah definitely i would rather yeah yeah you know, of course. Well, what are you going to get from the post? I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I guess that's that's our thoughts on Oscar winners. Oh, Oscar nominees. Um, thanks for a wonderful 2017. Um, yeah. Listeners. A lot of fun. 2018 will hopefully be even better. Too bad we can't have Game of Thrones back. That was really fun to do. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure we'll find a few TV shows to talk about. Maybe we might talk talk about Bright <laughs> in the future. What do yeah. you think? I don't uh, know. If we could find something new to say, because a lot of it has been said, <laughs> that would be true. pretty cool. That's true. We Oh, yes. We have a Facebook group now. Mm. Um, so look up Spoiler Nation on Facebook. And if you want to you know talk to a group of people who also love movies. Yeah. And you know, we'll be there as yeah. well. Yeah. So I've set it up so that... You have to answer a question, which is, I think it was, what is your favorite movie right now? Or what's your favorite TV show right now? So, yeah, yeah, and that's all you need to do, and you'll get in, I guess. So, please subscribe to us on your podcast apps, Mm -hmm. Spoiler Nation. And, yeah, check out, well, mostly Reese's reviews on (laughs) isolatednation.com. And um, I'm doing a review on The Commuter. Gotta hammer that as out. well. <laughs> so uh, check that out if you're interested. Um, and yeah, until next time. Boy. All your friends that keep coming around like you don't even know what you wanted. All your friends that keep coming around like you don't even know what you wanted. All the times you had to spread it around Like you don't even know what you wanted All your friends that keep coming around Like you don't even know what you wanted Give me a break